The writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ, our high priest, through the curtain, has made a new and living way for us. He has made a new and living way even for us. And this new and living way is, of course, by the offering of his flesh. And this is what has happened even in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We observe the Lord's Supper, we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. And when he died on the cross, the curtain was split into two, you know, not from the bottom up, but from top down. In other words, it's not the works of man, you know, but the work of God. And so we have a new and a living way. If you help me, this is uh, jam. Huh? Okay, got it. Alright, so we have the new and the living way. Everybody say new and living way. Yes. Now, of course, that's what it refers to, you know, and uh, our salvation, the way of salvation. But uh, there is also a new and living way for us in the year 2019 as we focus on the theme of reach. Alright, maybe in the past, we have always been so inward focused and uh, our, 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 our focus has been bless me, bless me, bless me kind of thing. You know, but now it is reach. All right, everybody say reach. Uh, some of you are thinking already R I C H, reach, reach, reach. Okay, no, this is reach. All right, and uh, so we want to reach, and we really want to reach out for the Lord. Praise God. So this is the new and living way, and uh, the Bible says in uh, Hebrews ten twenty two, let us draw near. All right, there are three let us uh, in this passage of scripture. And each one will give us a certain kind of direction. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So the first area is that of drawing near. Let us draw near. When we draw near, we are actually reaching up. Everybody raise your hands and say, reach up. Reach up. Amen. So draw near and reach up. All right. And the second area it says is let us hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hebrews 10, 23. And when you hold fast, all right, and that is talking about, you know, uh, reaching in. Everybody say, hold fast, reach in. Amen. And the third area is that of considering. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We will come back you know, in the later set, uh, uh, services on about love and good words. But it says here, let us consider. Everybody say, consider. To love. Amen. Consider means, you know, you are reaching out. Consider, reach out. And so we have these three things. First of all, draw near. When you draw near, you are reaching out. Secondly, hold fast and reach in, and thirdly, consider and reach out. Now, there will be three exercises that will keep you healthy and fit for the entire year. It takes about just 10 seconds or 5 seconds to do it. Everybody, are you ready? This will be the exercise for the year. Every day you do it, I can assure you, you will be well, strong, healthy, and prosperous. So the first thing is, Draw near, reach up. Everybody, reach up. Hold fast, reach in. Consider, reach out. Alright, three exercises, very easy. 
reach up, reach in, reach out. Reach up, reach in, reach out. Reach up, reach in, reach out. And you can add a little bit of dance, all right? Okay. Then you will really enjoy it. Hallelujah. Don't do all that. We just sing for you. That, that becomes very military, all right? And uh, that becomes very military. But this one, you can just add a little bit of jazz to it if you like or whatever it is. Reach up, reach in, and reach out. And so, as a summary, here we have, you know, reach up, reach in, reach out. Draw near, hold fast, consider. Now, actually, our theme verse is found in verse 24. And that's where I would like to focus in a little bit. Alright, verse 24 tells us, let us consider. The word consider is important and very interesting. When somebody talks to you and asks you some questions and then finally asks the question, so how can or not? Maybe some of us say, uh, let me consider first. Lah, huh? Let me think about it first. So the word consider means let me think about it first. Not sure yet. I can't give you an answer yet. I will think about it. That's what to us consider means. But when the Bible uses the word consider, it doesn't mean that oh, there are so many options so I will think about it. No. Uh, uh, rather, you know, it focuses on one thing. You know, when it says consider, that means you direct your mind and your attention to that something. Alright? It's not like you have 10 choices and you're thinking about all these things. No. When I say, I will consider this thing, that means you put aside every distraction. Alright? You put aside every other thing and you direct your mind, your attention, your focus, your priority to that subject, to that matter, to that thing at hand. And so, it is a very important word. Now, of course, other translations use the word encourage. Let us encourage one another. But here it says, let us consider. In other words, let's direct our mind, our attention to this one thing. Let us consider reaching out. That's where our priority is. That's where our focus is going to be for this year. We will continue to talk about reach out and reach in and other things. But the focus, the consideration at hand is on reaching out. And so we want to reach out, you know, to the generations, to the communities, and to the nations. And the generations, I think uh, uh, today's service here is a replica of the generations that we will be focusing on to reach out to. In the first service of the year, we have with us, I think, all across the generations. We have the children joining us today. You know, from toddlers until about 12 years, 12, uh, 12 years old. If you are children here, can you wave at me? All the children, come on. Yay, 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 yay. Come on, all the children, let me see more hands. I see some, young, uh, some adults also raising up, want to be children. Huh? Never mind, come on, you children. Hi, how are you there? And over there, yes, yes. Come on, let's give them all a big hand. I'm sure you miss the kids' church today, but we are glad that you are here. And I pray that you will be able to follow along in the service. And the Lord bless you. And we have the youth as well here with us. Youth from about 12, uh, from 12 years old to about 18 years old. If you are youth, come on, raise your hands. Wave, wave at us. Come on, youth, young, young people. Yes, over there, over there, over there. And up on the balcony. Let's give our youth a big hand. Amen. And we have the young adults from uh, about 18 until about 35 years old. Young adults, come on, give me a wave. Yay! 
And now we are getting more and more sensitive already, the age. Eh? I, some, uh, from this onwards, I dare not ask you to ra wave, raise your hands already. A bit sensitive, all right? And uh, then we have the adults as well, from about 35 until about, uh, depending, you know, uh, 55 or 60 or 65, whatever age. You know, come on, let's give them all a big hand. And then, of course, we have the not so young, all right? And uh, the seniors, and uh, which may be from 60, 65 uh, onwards, we really, really appreciate them. Come on, let's give them all a big hand as well. And can you just imagine, right here in this service, we have a good balance of all of these. All right, and we thank the Lord for that. You know, this is a very, very intergenerational kind of a church. It is a family church in that sense, you know. We have all age groups. In some churches, you see, well, only all the elderly people. In other churches, you see all the young people, you know, and you wonder where are the rest. But thank God that through the years, God has granted us a very healthy, a very balanced church, you know, that cater, you know, to all groups of people, the generations. And we want to continue to focus on that. Not just to care for the needs of the believers, but really to reach out to the generations at all levels. So let's believe the Lord to use us even in this area. And it is uh, the theme on reaching is really in line with what we are, are, are talking about in our mission statement. Our mission, your mission, my mission. All right, the mission of the church is to win souls, build people, impact community, and reach nations. What's the mission? Win souls, build people, impact and rich nations. So we are already reaching out, all right? Reaching the laws, you know, building up even the believers and then reaching the community and also reaching the nations. The word reach is so broad and uh, all-encompassing, but actually the interest there is on people. R-E-A-C-H, the A there, you know, can be written as in Chinese character, run. people is the people focus. All right, you know, and uh, yes, it will encompass whatever goals, whatever uh, ambition that you have, and may God help you to reach your ambition, your goal, which may involve finance, career. May you reach all these things, you know. But more than that, our focus is on people. It is the mission of the church to reach the lost. And I pray that this year, we will make it a point, Lord, I want to win souls for you. I want to reach souls for you, whether it be one or ten or a hundred. And some of you, God has given extra grace and, and, and supernatural ability to be able to win many souls even unto the Lord. Some of you, you know, the Lord has laid such a burden out of their compassion, you are able to reach even the lost. But it is for everyone. It is not the task of one person, but everyone can reach somebody. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Every one of us can reach somebody. It is people that really matter. So that will be the focus even for the year. And with that, let me just share with you, even, even in line with that, all right, on reaching uh, for this uh, first sermon of the year, on reaching the other side. Reach the other side. Everybody say, the other side. Yes. Alright, so let's focus on reaching 
the other side. What are we talking about? My text is taken from Mark chapter 30, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to verse 41. 35 to verse 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed. Jesus gave a command, or rather he said, let us cross to the other side. Crossing over is very important in our lives. In order to reach whatever that we intend to reach, there must first of all be the crossing over. Now a lot of things have happened in the book of uh, Mark chapter 4. If you read the earlier passages, you find that, wow, miracles of healing have been happening. Even the dead was raised to life. And then Jesus spent an extensive time teaching the people. And the Bible tells us in verse 30, 30, 30, 33, 32, you know, and, and 34, that, you know, with many parables, Jesus taught the people. All the parables that you read in the Gospels, are not everything that Jesus thought. There are some of the things on it. But the Bible tells us that throughout the day, actually Jesus taught them so many parables. You know, and to be there on that day would have been a real treat. I mean, to listen to Jesus' teaching, precious words, you know, uh, dripping from his mouth. The people would just absorb every single word that Jesus taught until the gospel writers would not be able to, 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 to record everything that he taught. It was a marvelous day, you know, the best day of their life. And to see the miracles and everything that's happening, to see the love that was expressed, and the disciples were so excited. Oh, great things are happening on that day. And they felt so well accepted and loved by the crowd. Nothing else could be better. But the Bible says, at the end of the day, in the evening, they should have closed shop already, sent the people home, closed shop, take a rest. But Jesus said, let us cross to the other side. Hey, things are happening. It's been a good day. Why? Why must we go the other side? Why leave the present situation? God has better plans. God has better plans. God knows what is on the other side. And He says, let us. Again here, the word let us does not give us an option. It is not a suggestion. Uh, what to eat afterwards? Uh, let us go to this place and eat. Hey, hey, it's not that kind of let us that we say. When Jesus says let us, that means it is a command. You have no option but to obey. So the disciples obeyed. Some of them may be grumbling, hey, why, 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 why must we cross over the other side? I mean, we want to stay here. Things are happening here. But Jesus says, we have to leave these things behind and let us go over the other side. So it was a command and Many of us, at the beginning of the year, 
we wonder, God, what is your will for me for this year? What is your will? We struggle many times with the will of God. In this instance here, you don't have to struggle with the will of God. It's already made clear. Let us. In other words, it's a command already. And for some of us, we need to take it to heart. Let us. This is a command. This is the will of God for us to cross over to the other side. We have no choice to stay where we are. It's not an option. If we don't go over the other side, we will die on this side. If we don't go over the other side, we will be stagnated on this side. If we don't go over the other side, we will be lagging behind. Individuals who have taken up the challenge, don't feel with uncertainties, but they believe the Lord and they enjoy the blessings. Churches that have obeyed and crossed over, they have enjoyed the blessings. As they cross over, totally depending on the Lord. But there are those who held back and want to stay in the past. They will remain behind. They will begin to stagnate and even die. And so God's, it is God's will for each and every one of us to cross over. History has been shaped by crossing over. When Alexander the Great, the Macedonian, crossed over the Hellespont in his invasion of Asia, it changed the whole face of civilization. When Julius Caesar crossed over the Rubicon in his march towards Rome, it changed Rome from a republic to become an empire, one of the world's greatest empire. When the Allied forces on July the 6th, 1944, crossed over the English Channel, it decided the fate of the nation in one of the greatest inv uh, invasion of the world that saved the Western civilization. And even in the Bible, when Paul crossed over into Macedonia, it affected the whole of Christianity and shifted it from Asia to the West. So you find that crossovers are very important. And some of us are at that point there right now. The crossover moments. It happened in the Bible. There was no life in Egypt until they crossed over the Red Sea and they found life there. There is no life in the Old Testament 
until we cross over through the blood of Jesus Christ and the new and living way that Christ has made for us into the New Testament and we find life there. Perhaps we are at that moment. In the Hebrew, it's called the Abba, A-B-A-R, the crossover moment. And God is causing you, calling you to cross over. Cross over from death to life. From disappointment to joy. From shame and guilt to victory and conquest. Cross over from sicknesses to health and wholeness in Him. Cross over from revenge and hatred to grace and acceptance. Cross over. Perhaps some of you are at that moment, even at the beginning of the year 2019. You are facing a lot of challenges already. And some of these you are not asking. Some of you, uh, some, some of these you are not even expecting. But you are at that moment, struck perhaps by, or face perhaps, facing perhaps suddenly an, an impending divorce. A, a diagnosis from the daughter of a terminal sickness or careers that are in jeopardy in the midst of an uncertain economy. Whatever it is, we are at that moment, the Abba moment or the decisive moment that will decide your future and shape the course that you are about to take. And so Jesus knew that they were at that moment. They must cross over. He knows what is ahead. And he knows that staying back there is not an option. So let us cross to the other side. We don't know what the other side holds. But Jesus knows. He already knows exactly what awaits on the other side. Friends, we will not know what the other side holds. And we will never know until we cross over. Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, even though it's still vague, even though I don't know, but I'm willing to follow, to cross over. In order to cross over, there are a few things you need to do. First of all, the Bible says they left the crowd behind. They left the crowd behind. Are you willing to leave the past behind? All the failures, all the disappointments, and even all the successes. We rejoice in those good things. But friends, the enemy of the best is the good. Not necessarily the bad, but even the good things. God has done so many things for us, but we can fall into a state of complacency and say, wow, it's been good. It has been a good year. Praise God for 2018. And after that, just rest on our laurels. But no, we must leave the crowd behind. The crowd, meaning the, leaving the crowd behind means shedding our ego. Sometimes we want the crowd, isn't it? To applaud us, to applause, to appreciate, you know, and all those things. But you have to leave all the applause behind. The, the, the crowd can affect us for, for good or for bad. But here they left the crowd behind. And I can just see the disciples in the boat. 
already 50 meters away from the shore and still looking back at the crowd. Oh, this crowd is fantastic. Who doesn't love crowd? Everybody loves crowd. Especially those crowd who appreciate them. And almost with regret, they say, why Jesus, why must we leave the crowd behind? But it's necessary. I will say, what, is, what are the things that you have to leave behind? And don't carry forward even over into 2019. Leave it behind. But the Bible also tells us they left behind the crowd. But what did they take? They took Jesus. Not take him by force. <laughs> Alright? But they make sure that Jesus is in the boat. Brothers and sisters, that's what we need, isn't it? What do we need in 2019? Jesus. We must make sure that we have Jesus. You see, the problem with the world and the problem with pre-believers is this. They wanted crossover. Our nation is at a crossover period. From the old government to the new government. And there are a lot of things that needs to be put in place. And, 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 and the government is still struggling in this area. Yes, they want to cross over into the new way of governing. Democratic way. Rule of law way. And they need our prayers, yes. But a lot of other people who want to cross over even in this new year. But the problem is, it can never be done without Jesus. They want to cross over, but they left Jesus behind. They leave Jesus out of the equation. It doesn't work that way. The only way that we can cross over is we must make sure we have Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Because He's the one who's directed us. He knows what is there on the other side. So I must have Jesus. I want to cross over, but one thing, one person I must have is Jesus. 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 Just like Moses said, Lord, if you do not go with us, we are not going over. I'm not going over there if you are not going with me. And God have to assure Moses, my presence, my glory will go with you. Otherwise, don't lead me there. And so the disciples made sure that Jesus was there. It's so necessary because of what they are going to face next. And what, are they, what did they face? Fear storm. Oh, fear storm. Sometimes you think that in following Jesus, everything will be very peaceful, very calm. No, on the other hand, Man, when they got into the boat and a little bit later, the, 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 the storm came. And it was just, it wasn't an ordinary storm. It was the perfect storm. Fierce storm. That threatened to capsize the boat and wipe them out. High waves breaking into the boat, filling the boat with water. And Jesus, what was he doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. Can't blame him. Hey, he's been teaching and preaching the whole day, you know. Very tiring. You know, he would have knocked out anybody. So he was just sleeping and they have to wake him up and say, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? Of course he cares. 
But when they said, Master, Lord, don't you care? We are perishing. That was a prayer. That was a quick prayer on their part. Desperate prayer. Emergency prayer. SOS prayer. The SOS prayer don't have time to tell God what is happening. Lord, you see the waves, you see the water, so much water, we have to do this and do that. And so, Lord, why don't, why don't you help us in this? No, no, no. No time for long prayer. Alright? It's desperate prayer. Lord, we are perishing. And that woke up the Lord enough to cause him to go into action. Friends, when we cross over, there will be storms. I wish for every one of you a peaceful, a joyous, a blessed, a prosperous new year. And you should receive it. But in that joyful, loving, blessed, prosperous new year, it doesn't mean no storms. Life is filled with storms, whether you like it or not. There will be trials and challenges. It's just a matter of whether it's a small storm or a fierce storm. Some of you, oh, there will be just some small storms, rock the boat a little bit, but you will survive. Others, a fierce storm will come your way and you wonder, Lord, I'm perishing. What are you going to do? You have to recognize that Jesus has already promised Let's go the other side. He will make sure that you reach the other side. Amen? Whatever that you face along the way, friends, the destination is already fixed. You will reach there. Everybody say, I will reach the other side. Yes, you will reach the other side. You will reach the other side. You will cross to the other side because God is the one who said it already. So whatever interruptions and interventions, friends, you will cross over. But let's see how you can do it also. And let's recognize the storm for what it is. The storms that you are going to face even in 2019. The Bible says Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves. Everybody say wind and waves. Wind and waves. These are two different things. Alright, the problems that you face many times comes in the form of wind and waves. But what's the real problem? And how do you tackle the real problem? See what Jesus did. He rebuked the wind and he spoke to the waves. He rebuked the wind. Now the wind is the pop is a problem. Alright, there were strong winds and uh, the winds is the one that perhaps stirred up the sea and caused the sea to be in, 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 uh, 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 in making up the, the big waves. But the, but the wind is just the manifestation of the problem. It is a symptom of the problem. But the root cause that threatened to kill them are the waves, the water. And if enough water gets into the boat, it will cause them to sink. And with the turbulence of the water, it will capsize the boat and they will drown. And so you find that many times in life, we deal with only the wind. We rebuild, we cast out, we do everything to the wind. But we do not deal with the waves, the root cause. 
Many times you have to deal with the root cause. We deal with the symptoms when somebody is sick, you know. Of course, the doctors, first of all, will try to find out what, what are the symptoms. Oh, you got headache. Oh, you, you know, uh, you got high temperature. All those are symptoms. And then after that, they narrow down and say, okay, this is the cause. We must know the cause. Deal with the source of the problem. And how did Jesus deal with the source of the problem? He spoke to the waves. He commanded the waves. Be still. There was authority and command. Just speak the word. There is authority in the word of the Lord. Whatever that you shall face in the future, you must have the word of God. There is authority in what you say. There is authority in the word of the Lord and God has given us His word and you can command whatever that you face. Be still, I command you, in the name of the Lord. And they will obey. They will obey. So that's how we deal with the storms in life. My emphasis here is not talking about the storms, alright? But since we are here, it's interesting that he rebuked the wind and he spoke and commanded the waves. And so whatever problems and challenges we face, let us remember that and take authority even over the situation. And they ask, who is this man? Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Friends, why did Jesus command them to leave this side and to go the other side? It is in order to reveal his greater glory. They have seen and understood a certain aspect of Jesus Christ in his teaching and the miracles on this side of Galilee. But now when Jesus says, let's go the other side, he's going to reveal himself even further. And they will understand who Jesus really is. And they saw it and they asked, who is he? He's greater than we ever imagined. He's greater than we ever thought. And more than that, when they reach the other side, they will understand Jesus even more. Friends, you will never be able to understand and appreciate God until you decide to go over the other side. That's where there will be the greater move of God. That's where there will be the greater move of the, a new move of the Holy Spirit. Do not be contented with where we are, what we have seen, what we have heard. As the bad English says, it, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's bad English. But you haven't seen anything yet. And they saw it. Moving on, Bible says destination. They reach. They reach. They arrive at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. Jesus will make sure that you reach the other shore. But what did they see there on the other side? It is something that 
they did not expect at all, really. Unexpected. They have left a cheering crowd. And when they landed there in the land of the Gerasenes, the Bible tells us, as you, if you read chapter 5 further, they were not met by a welcoming committee. They were not met by a crowd, thousands of people who are hungry for the word and for Jesus Christ. In fact, there was only one man. They were met by one man. And he was called the demoniac. He was filled with a legion of demons inside. Not one or two, but thousands of demons inside him. And the whole town knew about him. The whole town is scared of him. And the whole town couldn't help him. No doctor, no psycho psychologist, no psychiatrist, no bomo, no medium could help this man. And he was living, the Bible says, in the cemetery. Every night, like the howling of the wolf, they will hear his cry, sharp cry that pierced through the town. Right on the door, maybe at 12 o'clock midnight, they will hear the howling of this man filled with demons. And he scared the wits out of every townsfolk. They shut the windows, living in fear. And nobody, nobody could help him. And he would have been like that for the rest of his life, tormented in chains and in bondage. When Jesus landed there, it is for this purpose to save to heal, to deliver the lost. And he cast the demons out. With his word again, he cast the demons out. Legions of them. And when the townsfolk knew that something is happening, they came out and they saw this man sitting in his right frame of mind. The other side was on the other side. There's just this one lost soul. Jesus would leave, not just the 99 sheep. Jesus would leave the 9,900 sheep on the other side and just go and look for this one lost soul. Reach. His life is not focused on himself, not on comfort, not on blessings, but in reaching one lost soul. He would go to the extent of traveling the long distance with the danger of the storm to reach one soul. Our friends, that one soul needed him. That one soul has been crying out for somebody to help. Nobody could do it until Jesus reached him. There are many that are just like that. You may not see the manifestations of the demons, but people in darkness, people crying out and nobody could help. Friends, we hold the solution. We hold the answer. Jesus Christ. Do we share the love of God? Do we share the power of God? And there in the land of the Gadara, 
the disciples saw the manifestation and the glory of Jesus for just one soul. They saw the compassion of the master. Not just for the numbers, for that one soul. And they saw for this reason Jesus Christ came to tread under his feet the works of demons and Satan, even legions of them. This was one of the greatest miracles. The other side. That's what happens when Jesus arrived. Are you willing to cross over? Moses spent 40 years in the desert. The first year, maybe not so bad. Second year, third year. But on the 30th year, he said, what am I doing here in the desert? On the 39th year, he's still thinking about it. What am I doing here? Life, surely there must be more to life than just me being stuck here in the desert. And every time he opened the tent, the cover of the tent, he looked out across the desert and up into the sky, clear sky, filled with Starry, starry, in the starry, starry night filled with the stars that dotted the landscape. He must be thinking there must be more to life than just looking after sheep, taking care of all the fleas and all the desert flies. And he was thinking and looking on the other side. One day he put on his sandals. He left the tent, took care of the sheep, but after that he wandered away from the sheep and he decided to walk a little bit further. And lo and behold, there was the burning bush. He looked closer and the angel of the Lord spoke to him and the voice of the Lord came to him and the voice of the Lord says, Moses, Moses, Friends, when God calls your name twice, not once, but twice, Moses, Moses, you know you have to cross over already. You know it is time to cross over. And then the voice of the Lord says, take off your sandals. Friends, it's more than just about shoes. It's more than just about shoes. Take off everything that you are so used to and begin to look on the other side because I'm going to do something, Moses. You are going to cross over and not only you, but you and my people. I'm going to use you and my people. It's time for them to cross over. Moses obeyed the Lord. And 600 thousand men cross over. More than three million Hebrew slaves cross over from Egypt into the promised land. Set free. No more in chains. Because one man decided it's time to cross over. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to cross over. 
Everybody say, I am crossing over. I am crossing over. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In crossing over, let us hear the voice of the Lord. Your crossing over may be different from other people. But there is a crossover for each one of us. And let us make sure that we have God. God is with us. That we stay close to God in fellowship, in prayer, in the word of the Lord. And let us take the word of the Lord with us. Because we will face many storms. And it is by the authority of the word of the Lord that we shall overcome. Let us stick to the promise of God. Hold fast to the promise of God. He already said, let us cross over. And He will make sure that you reach your destination. And when you reach your destination, realize that it is more than just your own blessing. It is to bless others. Whatever that you're going to be involved in, it is that others may be rich, others may be blessed. And in so doing, you yourself will be blessed as well. Church, it's time to cross over. Let's pray.